Hey, what's going on, guys? It's JC Sportcast, and you guys know we're back for Leafs Talk for you guys today, episode number 63, back to our usual schedule. Um, but this is a big one, you know. If you guys caught yesterday's episode, we were going to be talking about the Islanders game, of course, and some big trade news. And there's also another big trade news, you could say, for the Leafs that just got, um, I guess, reported by, by a reporter just today. Um, but as usual, before we get into things, you guys know, my dad is here today. Dad, how are you on, on this? You know, <laughs> I mean, I would say great Tuesday, but after that game yesterday, I could say a, a decent Tuesday. Tough to take, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, look at the positive, I guess. Uh, you know, we got a point out of it. And, uh, right. But, uh, yeah, hello, everyone. Yeah, and, and you know, let's get into that game now. I think you would agree that, you know, this team absolutely dominated. And, and like, it, it's like this is the team that we expected them to be, a team that's going to go out there and dominate. And, and you know, there's instances in the game where Matthews takes a tough knee on knee, which I don't know how that was a penalty looking back at it. And a guy like Rasmus Sandin steps up. Who would have thought Rasmus Sandin has stepped up to six foot four? Oscar Wallstrom and 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 you know that right there they got the fans rolled up and it was like a great thing to see and Matthews even gave a little top at the end like he stepped up uh, but the game started with a shot by Noah Dobson it was kind of a weird one but but it does go in um and at the end of the first it, it, the, the Islanders were were winning 1-0 but you know it looked like in that first period and dad I think you'd agree that the Leafs were all over them um you know I heard that it was near Eight minutes time on attack, something like that that they had in the first period. But with that first period and the and uh, and the Leafs going into second intermission down one zero, I think you would agree, and and, and uh, I would also agree that there was no worry that you know the Leafs were out of this game. You know, I it was just it's, I've noticed in the last three four games, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're we're great pressure. Something just seems to go wrong right at the last second, whether it just off their stick whether you know um you know they just just miss a pass uh yeah. or somebody gets a stick on it and uh i mean we should have yeah we should have buried a few right off yeah. the bat and then i mean near the end of the you know uh first period uh they, you know they, they they were coming back uh so you know they were kind of pushing us uh uh to say that okay you know what yeah you had your hot start and couldn't finish it and uh they, you know, we they were putting a lot of pressure on our 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 side, um, but uh, it's uh, as as I said earlier, it's you know just a little frustrating uh, that uh, you know when when we get in all these chances, uh, we should be burying a few more and uh, yeah. And again, you know, uh, yesterday again, as we always said, you know, it's the secondary scoring. It's not there. It's non-existent. You know, it, it comes in a game here and there, but, you know, they've got to be a little more consistent. And uh, you can't just keep expecting Tavares and uh, Matthews to be, you know, putting it in every game. Yeah, and, and you know, that. Well, uh, that's a great point. We'll get into, I'll, I'll elaborate on that. But, you know, the Leafs get, as you said, Matthews and Tavares score in that second period. A beautiful tip by Matthews. And a nice play by Nylander to set up Tavares. Um, but that third period, like, they're winning 2-1. It looks like, okay, they're going to close out. Maybe 2-1, 3-1, they'll get an empty netter. And then it's a play that we saw last game against Buffalo, I believe, uh, where Yarn Crook has an open goal. Um, he shoots it wide, and then they go down the other way. I, I get it. It's a bad play by Eric Shelgren. But you know what? Shelgren is a third string going up against you know a young superstar goaltender, Ilya Sorokin. But I, I, I know he made a bad play. 
Um, you know, it's miscommunication between him and Jordy Ben, but that's again, as you said, the secondary scoring. He's got to put that puck away. Um, like for him to miss that, and it's an open shot, like an easy, just he just shoots it wide, and and you've got to get that on net. And they're talking about today on the radio. I agree, you've got to get that on net. Like, there's no reason a summer goal and and, and Cali Yarncroke would have been his fifth, but going down the other way, and who's the person they show when Josh Bailey ties it up? It's Cali Yarncroke's face on the TV because he had to put that away and he doesn't, and they go down and 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 they tie the game up. And now I'm um, going into OT that based on the Leafs record, were you confident? I, is a curious question that I had because we're, I was sitting there and I was thinking, I, 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 I don't think they're going to win this based on what we've seen. Um, I, I guess if you, if you want to break down that OT, but it was basically like, hey, like Matthews and Nylander were like they they they're playing like they've never seen each other before. Like I don't know what was it two icings they're on for the first minute, um, and then um, I guess just before the two minute mark, just before two minutes into the OT, Anthony Bavillier scores. Um, people, I I didn't see anyone torching Justin Hole. He was on the ice. He shouldn't have. He's starting to playing a little bit better, but. Again, it was just Matthews and Nealon weren't in sync, and I, I I don't get what has happened with this team in overtime. But it, it's it's obviously something that's you're not going to probably see in the playoffs three on three hockey. But obviously, Dad, like this hurts that you know they've dropped five overtime games and and they're on pace to play, I believe, twenty four and only win four. You see, the the problem is they you know these guys are uh, you know taking the puck over the blue line. Yeah, and and going going deep either on the left or the right, and then you know passing it back in front of the net. Now there's three of them, only two of the uh, our, our guys that left, and 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 you know and they keep intercepting, and then we seem to be losing every game on a similar play. Yeah, where it's just it's just a like you know you can't be making that pass. You you gotta skate around the net, bring it back, take it over the blue line. Doesn't matter. Like, but you cannot be making a silly pass like that and like I've seen it so many times this year and 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 we and it ends up costing us the game. Uh it didn't really, you know what? I wasn't surprised. I I I really didn't think that we were going to win in overtime. I thought if we can somehow hold them, mm-hmm. uh you know, we've got a great shot I think in 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 the shootout, but uh, again, it didn't happen. Yeah, and and you know, they talked about Keith talked about it, you know, it, 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 he said something about we played a good hockey game and and we deserve better and he's right. You know, you can't put that on Eric Shogren. He he stepped up when both goalies are injured. Like, you've got to put that away. It should have been 3-1. No debate about it. Um, and, and it doesn't happen. And and I guess a nice little segue is is this is a, a really rough time for the team because Morgan Riley, they're not sure. Darren Drager said it, it didn't even look that bad. I, I don't know. In the game, it didn't look that bad. But when I saw the trainer come out to talk to Keith, that's when I got worried because I'm like, Okay, this doesn't look good by their body language, by their facial expressions. Um, and then it gets turned out that he's got a grade one, two MCL potentially four to six weeks. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but that's speculation. That's early rumblings. And he was placed on LTR, which is 10 games, 24 days. Um, so that's a really, really big loss. And they've called up obviously knock hollow on Victor Mete. Um, but dad, what we, before we get into, I guess the last thing will be trade stuff. What are your thoughts? You know, the Leafs, um, you know, it's, it's they've been a frustrating team to watch in the overtime in this season, but Morgan Riley going down is obviously a really, really big loss. But, you know, Rasmus Sandin is going to have a lot of added minutes. I, I just picked him up in the in my fantasy league uh, because he's going to obviously be on that first line power play and probably top, 
uh, maybe top line or second line. I don't know how they're going to do it, but obviously Riley going down for 10 games is a really, really big loss. Look, I'm going to get a lot of hate probably for this, for saying this, but look, let's let's just break down Morgan Riley's season this year. Okay. In 20 games, you know, he's got zero goals, 16 assists, and he's minus one. So now he is on the, as you said, he is on the main power play line. Uh, he gets a lot of men in on the first, uh, you know, defensive pairing. And he is supposed to be, you know, scoring goals. And, I mean, 16 assists is, is, is good. But, you know, he's got to be putting the puck in, you know, a little bit more, you know, and, and not even having a single goal. Um, and, 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 you know, getting all this ice time. And, uh, you know, so, and honestly, this year defensively, I don't know if this is one of his best. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like. You know, you expected him to be, you know, in the incline. It, it, I, I see a bit of a decline. So, okay, you know what? Ten games, yes, it's a lot. But I honestly think that, you know, they, they, they can manage. Uh, I think, you know, this is a time uh, on a team where other guys know, okay, he is no longer there, and they'll step up. And then, then you realize what you have in each person. And, uh, and then, you know, go on from there. And then I think this is a great um, chance for Sandine uh, to showcase, you know, you know what he's all about. A little more confidence. He knows he's going to be out there with the big boys and the power play. Uh, so, you know, do you want to lose a guy like Morgan Riley? No, never. But I just think that, you know, the kind of season he was having that, uh, you know, I think just, just, just somebody that's just having a, a good season can sort of uh, make up his loss. And that's a fair point. You know, he 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 has been really good. He was great in that Tampa. He scored in game seven. He's been really, really good. And it just hasn't been going his way defensively, especially this season. Um, a lot of errors on his part. And it maybe comes down to the fact that he hasn't had a, you know, a legit line mate. He's had, I think they said, six different line mates to begin this season. Um, but I'm hoping for the best for Morgan. That's a really good point that these guys are going to have to step up because this is it. Like Sandine, he, he signed because he said he wants opportunity. This is plenty of opportunity. Like the Leafs cap hit for the defense is $7 million going into tomorrow's game. Um, and they've got their three best defensemen out. Like, like what, like you can't, like people are going to go after the Leafs. They go, oh man, they're losing. Well, eliminate the three best defensemen on any team. What are they going to do? Right? Like you can't just go after and, and and you know what fans will have to ease on the expectation because what happens if Colorado loses Kale McCarr you know what happens if they lose okay Josh Manson uh, Bowen Byram or whatever any of the three of the top six or even with Boston or even with a, a team like Tampa like teams like the Leafs are still fifth in the in the NHL which is crazy but I, I think that you know, there's a lot of trade stuff out there. I think teams will know that they are desperate to find a defense, and so they'll probably want to see for a few games what they have in these guys and then make a deal. Um, but I think a move is coming soon because it only makes sense. Guys are going down. You know, they just put Simmons on waivers today, and then he's definitely going to get claimed because it's a, it's a Leafs waiver move. 100% he's getting claimed. I wouldn't be surprised if the like Edmonton or so I don't know who will, will pick him up, but someone is definitely going to pick him up just to, you know, spite the Leafs. Um, but... With, with now let, let's get into the last thing for today. Um, trade talks. Now there's been a lot of stuff about the trades um, that the Leafs have potentially made. Let, let's start with the latest one. Nick Kiprio says he's hearing Jacob Chitrin's first choice would be play for the Leafs and with Matthews. A key point there with Matthews because 
you know, where where's Matthews from? Arizona. One plays in Arizona. They're both, um, you know, I think they both, well, Jacob Trickson's a Canadian boy. I know that um, they skate sometimes. I think they, they send the offseason. And Matthews has mentioned before that, um, you know, some of the Carolina players, sorry, sorry, some of the Arizona players, the Arizona Coyotes players live near him. And then, you know, they get some skates done. I'm sorry, Chick Chin is from Florida. I don't know why I said that. He's from Florida. Yeah, Yeah. he's from Florida. Yeah. But, you know, I I think they are friends and uh, that would be a great move. But the thing I've heard is they are reluctant to drop their asking price. And I believe the asking price is is $2 million. Uh, Sorry, uh, two first round picks. So is that something, Dad, that you'd be interested in the Leafs giving up? Like, I know Chitrin is a really, really good hockey player. Um, He can play both sides. Uh, he's a big body, he's six foot two. Um, he takes a lot of shots on goal, which I like, and 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 he's a guy that I think would be perfect for this for this playoffs. Like he just had, he made his debut, I believe, just last night. Uh, he just came back from injury, but I think a guy like him would be a really good fit for this team. And and if there's a right price, which I think they'll drop two first round picks to one, obviously, but. This is a move that, you know what, he wants the beer. He talked about it last year. Toronto's the hockey mecca. He wants the beer, and I would do the move. I mean, look, uh, you know, our time is now. And, and you know, we've got, you know, a lot of good good players on this team. Yeah. Uh, if you can add somebody like Chitrin, uh, hopefully I'm saying his name right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we need him. And, and they've got to make a move now. Now, Five years from now, uh, you know, if once these guys say, you know, move on or, you know, Tavares is gone, whoever, uh, it's going to take us a few years to rebuild anyway. So, you know, those picks aren't really going to come into factor uh, yeah. because right now we're going to be finishing so high. We're fifth. We're not going to, you know, it's not like we're getting in the top 10 or something like that. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and and so I think you take that chance and, and you make that trade. Um, because that it, it, it just, I think it'll just give everybody a boost right now. And uh, just as you know, you and I, as fans, I'm sure, you know, the guys, players on the team, the media, mm-hmm. we know, we know where our weakness is. I think that's, that's, that's the defense. Uh, and, and, uh, it's in everybody's head. You add somebody like him, uh, you know, everybody gets pumped. Everybody's a little more confident and, uh, you know, great things can happen. And like, I, I, I would make the move for sure. Yeah, and I've heard, um, obviously, Nick Kipros is the one that reported this. And you know what? Chitrin is is perfect. He's a rising star in this league. He's got a great deal. I think he's got a five-year or four-year deal of like four million bucks. That is a really good deal. And he's got term on it. I would do this move. Like, he likes to be physical. He plays up and up, uh, up and down the ice. You know, his shot is amazing. It, it'd be perfect on the power play. And his vision is amazing. Um, you know, defensively, he's he's great. He's a great two-way defenseman. And the whole thing is he takes shots on goal. He would be amazing for the power play because I think that Morgan Riley holds the puck too much. And I'm curious to see what Sandine does. But Chitron would be the move to make. 100% would make that move. And I'd be curious what they'd be rumored to offer in the package. But another guy that they're interested in on the same team is Connor Timmons. Now, Connor Timmons was a second-round pick in 2017. He's six foot two as well. Um, but <laughs> the funny thing is, is, is Elliot Freeman is the one he said, I heard a couple people reach out to me and say that they think Toronto is one of the teams interested. Um, Merrick replies because of, so, uh, the, the Greyhounds, this, uh, St. Marie Greyhounds, 
he said, and he played with Sandine. He played with Sandine on the on the Greyhounds, and he was a Greyhound. And you know how much Kyle Dubas likes the, the Soul Swingery Greyhounds because of his roots, obviously. But um, that's another move that I'd be curious to see what they make. Asking price wouldn't be huge for him, I don't believe, because I, I don't think he's in the NHL right now. Um, I think he's playing in the AHL. So that's a move I'd be willing to take because he's, a, he's 24, 25. They can work on him. Um, he can easily be a top six defenseman. And if I would probably trading for a guy like Justin Hole, maybe maybe throw Justin Hole in that trade to get both of the players. But he's a good player that I, I think that's got a lot of upside. And um, and most importantly, he's a right-handed shot. Um, and then the last one is another one that Friedman mentioned. Is he said Ron Hexall is looking to make trades. Toronto's interest in Frank Vitrano. Um, they're, they're interested in Frank Vitrano, but someone told him that they don't think Toronto can even fit him at 50% retained, which is 1.8 because I believe he just signed on for a $3 million deal for three years. But um, again, that's a guy like I traded for Kurt, I traded for Engvall. <laughs> I, I would move Engvall for a guy like him because he's a good middle six forward. And I think that'd be a great move. He adds speed. He can play both sides of the wing. Um, And I think they just need something fresh there. And a guy like Frank Vitrano, I think he he's an upgrade. He's an upgrade for Pierre Engvall because I think what Pierre Engvall is adding right now is, is absolutely nothing. I'm I'm not really excited with Pierre Engvall. You know, I I know he's he's a, he's a seventh round pick, a great player that they developed in the Marlies, but you know I haven't really been impressed with him. And and I was big on him coming into the first league uh, first year when I think Keith came into the uh, as the head coach, but. You know, he hasn't really been that great um, this season. And he got that raise, but he hasn't really proven it. And, you know, Vitrano, he right now has six points in 19 games. So the asking price wouldn't be that much. He's got assistant captaincy with Anaheim as well. He's a guy that puts up, you know, he can probably get you. And he got around 20 goals, just under 20 goals in Florida. So that'd be a great move to add, you know, replace that missing goal scoring with Mikheyev's gone and, and Angleball's not providing. I'd make that move. And I'm curious to add, you know, with these three players, if if you'd be looking forward to make any moves, obviously with with Riley on LTR, they have some cap space. But when when Riley and Brody come back, um, you know, obviously they'd have to be under the cap. But they'll obviously have that five million bucks to spare with with Jake Muzzin on LTR. Look, you know, I mean, getting a winger that can come in here uh, and and you know do anything right now. Is better than what what you know what what we have right now. I think with Engvall, if you can if you can trade him, you solve a few problems. One, I, as I said, yes, you know the, the last podcast that you know the management just gave him two million dollar two point something million uh, per season. Yeah, and now you know they've got to justify it by letting him play when he is doing absolutely nothing out there. Now you you trade a guy like him out. And you bring in another winger, and you give someone like Robertson a chance to play. So yep, it's, it's a yep. win-win situation, yep. I think. And uh, and and this way, you know what? You wash your hands on that two point two million that you gave him uh, per season, and 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 move forward. And uh, uh, you know, I, I I think it's worth it. And um, you know, they, 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 it would be a good move to make. I agree, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Um, but these are just speculation, and, and and I think obviously we both prefer maybe a guy like Titrin because of that term, and he's proven unlike the two other players because they, you know, Vitrano's he's a bottom six, middle six kind of guy. He's not gonna he's not gonna come in there and score fifteen goals, twenty goals right off the bat. Um, but he he is gonna provide some goal scoring, and and 
Only thing is maybe the size, but you know what, Engvall's he's got the size and he's not really using it. So why not get him instead? A guy that's you know shorter, but he's gonna put goals. He's he's gonna shoot pucks into the net. Um, and then obviously with Timmons too, that's another guy that you know they're familiar with. They like guys that they're familiar with, obviously with his organization. And if they feel that they can pull the trade on him, um, I'd 100 doing it. And he was a really good player of the Greyhounds. He had like. I think believe he had like 50 cents one year, 30, 35 or something like that. And the next year after, uh, but he, he was a really good player for the Greyhounds. And if they feel that they can do great work with him, might as well pull the trigger. And um, I think that's it for today. Um, the Leafs have a big game against the New Jersey Devils, who I believe can set the record. Um, I believe it is a franchise record for most consecutive wins. Should be a great game tomorrow. All eyes will be on the defense, um, but it should be a great hockey game tomorrow. And dad, is there any last words today um, for the podcast? I think actually I should mention too before Nicholas Robertson will be in the lineup tomorrow. And it looks like he's going to be playing with Tavares and Marner on the top six role. Really excited to see what he can do as well as uh, Matt Caldwell. We'll be playing with Jordy Ben on the third line, Sandy Lilligren on the second, Giordano Hole on the first. And it looks like Matt Murray will get the start tomorrow. So I'm curious to seeing how great Robertson plays and how great Matt Caldwell plays. So we'll, we'll both be looking forward to that. Um, but, Dad, any last words um, for the podcast? Uh, you know, Matt Caldwell is a, he, he talked about it today too. Uh, five foot ten, one hundred sixty-five pound defense, and he grew up in Niagara Falls, and he said he grew up a Leafs fan, and this is a dream come true for him. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Look, you know, thankfully we've got a you know four games pretty much uh, this week. Um, after a game like that yesterday, you know you want to get out there and 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 you know play as soon as you can, uh, just to you know sort of move on from it. And uh, I think we're getting that up. Unfortunately, you know it, it is the Devils tomorrow. So, yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, you know what? Like, yeah, they they you know they, we we played them last time. I think we, you know they they know what they they have. Uh, I I found that their game is very similar to ours. They've got a lot of young stars that are fast. Yeah, uh, and play fast paced pace game, and and it's working for them. Uh, so that's a you know that's a that's a good matchup and and then uh, you know obviously we're playing you know teams that are just you know playing about five hundred uh, wild mm-hmm. and 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 uh, penguins and then I think uh, Detroit Detroit yeah uh, yeah so uh, you know it, it, it's a it's a good week I think uh, for them to sort of get on a roll uh, and then uh, if you know uh, they start tomorrow with the with the with the win against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I think you know they'll, they'll they'll sort of roll over the other three teams just from the confidence that. Yeah, and um, this team struggled against the bottom, you could say bottom tier teams. Um, they, they've got to pick it up. They've really, really got to pick it up because you can't be dropping free points like that. So I'm looking forward, obviously, to that game tomorrow. I I'd love for the Leafs to be the one to end the streak. The streak. Um, and yeah, go go Leafs, go guys. We'll see where these trade talks go. We'll cover the Devils game on Friday for you guys and preview the same. There's another game on Friday as well and the game on Saturday. And then we'll have promo school for you guys on Thursday covering the the MJF era is going to begin. And um, Survivor Series is also on Saturday. So we'll cover for that uh, for you guys this Thursday. But thank you guys for listening today. Go Leafs, go. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Thanks, guys.